This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. I can still see the five youngsters that walked into the restaurant while I was working as a waiter. They were probably in their late teens or early 20s. They appeared as though they were dressed to go out for the evening, perhaps to a concert or to the movies. They were a really lively group. And as I waited on these teens, I watched them. And I could see their devotion to one another. I could see their deep friendship and the love they had for one another. It was tangible. Their joy, their freedom, their love of life. There was laughter at the table. They were doing high fives. They were even singing at this table. So much life. Now, I observed all of this between my repeated trips to and from the restroom to use drugs. You see, at this time, I was a prisoner to drugs and I carried my captor in my apron. And he demanded to be with me at all times. He forbade me to sing. He forbade me to laugh. He forbade me to feel. He even forbade me to love. As I continued to serve this group of teens, suddenly a deep emptiness just welled inside of me. There was even a bit of envy for these teens. These youngsters appeared to be so full of life. Something that I'd lost years ago in my addiction. My inner core was lifeless. I couldn't remember the last time I felt real joy or happiness or even had a friend that wasn't related to my addiction. My addiction had taken me prisoner, and life as I remembered it was long gone. My family, my friends, life as an addict was my final destiny. I would never again experience happiness like I was seeing at this table. My soul was hollow, dead. My life was like a valley of dry bones, dead dry bones, lifeless, worthless, desperately hopeless. Now, that may sound like a strange metaphor to describe my life, a valley of dry bones. It's a picture of defeat. It's a picture of despair. It's a picture of death. There isn't much hope for dry bones to live. Come on, preacher. And that had become my condition, desperately hopeless. Now, that may not be your story this morning. You may not have had the same dry bones experience of drug addiction as me, but perhaps, perhaps some other life circumstance has become 
your dry bone season, one that has left you feeling hopeless. It may be a work situation, lost job, long-term unemployment, a financial disaster, a family crisis, divorce, sickness, or even worse, death. I think for the, po for the most of us, Pastor Hugh, the last couple of years has been enough to thrust anyone into a tailspin of hopelessness. Yes. Everything changed. Life as we knew it changed. The isolation, the division, the sickness, and even death. We began to feel defeated. We feel there's no hope. We lose energy. We lose purpose. Regardless of the circumstances, before you know it, your life is as of dry bones. Yes, sir. All you see is hopelessness and despair. Well, our text today is about how God can breathe new life yes. on all of our situations today. Yeah. It's a vision God gives to Ezekiel, who's God's appointed prophet at the time. And in the text, the Spirit of the Lord brings Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones. Mm -hmm. The bones represented Israel's hopelessness. The bones are a glimpse into the depths of despair and hopelessness that has settled upon the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. You see, they'd been conquered and taken captive by the Babylonians. Their temple, which is the center of their worship and faith, it was destroyed. They believed their God had abandoned them and life as they remembered was long gone. They'd become a people of no chance, of no revival, hopelessness. I think sometimes our own realities can mirror the Israel's plight of hopelessness. Yes. Shifts in our culture can send us into a tailspin of discouragement. Well. The recent years, everything about our lives changed. Our reality shifted. Hopelessness set in. <laughs> our text this morning, saints, is a vision of hope. It's a message of hope. Saints, there's always hope in the presence of God. There is hope with the word of God, and there is hope with the spirit of God. Did you hear me? There's hope with the word of God, and there's hope with the spirit of God. And we're going to examine those two truths in this scripture. If you have your Bibles out, I invite you to follow along with me. We can hear God's word, and we can also see God's word. Yes. Let's look at the first part of this, chapter 37, verses 1 and 2. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, they were very, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Well. And I answered, oh, Lord God, you alone know. Saints, immediately in this text, we see the presence of God. Yeah. The first verse, the hand of the Lord was upon me. The second verse, and he led me around among them. 
And the third verse, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Even in the midst of Israel's hopelessness, God is present. God is present as he carries Ezekiel to this valley full of dry bones. He even walks around the bones with Israel, yes. with Ezekiel. Yes. Saints, you may look at your own situation, mm -hmm. and it's all you can see are dry bones. Mm -hmm. Everything appears hopeless, but as hopeless and desolate as it looks, saints, the presence of God is there. He is in the midst of your situation. Pivot is somewhat like a valley of dry bones. But the presence of God is truly in that place. So many men, they come in helpless and hopeless, totally lost and defeated. You can see the anguish and desperation in their faces. You feel the hopelessness that has plagued them all their lives. You can see the weight of their troubles as they walk through the door, but saints, then they walk into the presence of God, and we begin to pray, and I see mothers begin to weep with hope, and then they smile with joy. I see fathers begin to stand a little taller with a glimmer of hope with their sons. I see wives cling to their husbands with hopeful embrace, and then I see the student himself begin to weep tears of hope. There's hope in the presence of God, no matter your circumstance, even in a valley of dry bones, God's presence offers us hope. So the question, how can God breathe hope? How can God breathe new life over our lives, over our situations, over our circumstances, over our dry bones? Well, saints, there's a spiritual recipe for hope. Yeah. And there's only two ingredients, the word of God and the spirit of God. God breathes new life through his word, and God breathes new life through his spirit. God breathes new life through his word, and God breathes new life through his spirit. Let's take a deeper look at that. Follow along with me, verses 4 through 6. And then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. First, Ezekiel is commanded to speak God's words over the dry bones. Now get it right. These are not Ezekiel's words, but these are God's words. Although God addresses Ezekiel, the word addresses the bones directly. Dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. First ingredient, saints, the word of God. It's active. It's alive. It does not return void. It succeeds in the very thing which he sends it out to do. 
Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Remember creation? Hmm. What happened there? God's word speaks creation into being. God spoke and it was done. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let there be an expanse between the waters, and there was sky, and then dry land, and then seas. Each time God spoke, it was so. Because God's word is alive. God's word is active. So Ezekiel follows God's instructions, and he preaches God's words to the bones. Come along with me to verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound. Behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Remarkable. God's word moves. God's word stirs. God's word brings about change. In the text, while Ezekiel was preaching the word of God, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones began to move. And then they connected themselves bone to bone. Come on, somebody. I recall a similar movement in my life shortly after arriving at Pivot. I'd been there about two weeks. Bible study is a daily discipline at Pivot. Well... Every day we study and we read the word of God. And at that time, I didn't really understand much of what I was reading. But I was obedient. Mm -hmm. I read it anyway. And I recall this one day we were reading the Bible. It was the story of Joseph. And there was a sudden stirring in my spirit. There was a rattling, if you will. Rattling. And out of nowhere, I just began to weep uncontrollably for no apparent reason. Mm -hmm. I couldn't understand what was happening, but at the same time, there was this peace in my spirit that said, it's going to be okay, Richard. It's going to be okay. There is hope. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God brings hope. Yes. Yes. Several of the men at Pivot, they're participating in an alpha small groups at Stanwich Church. Nikki Gumbel is known as the pioneer or the developer of this alpha course. It's basic instruction, introduction to Christianity. I'm really awed by Nikki's story. For years, Nikki Gumbel was a devout atheist. Atheist to the core, total non-believer. But today, Nikki is a true believer in Jesus and a messenger of the gospel. He explains that his conversion happened after reading the Bible cover to cover. You see, his intention to read the Bible was to discredit it, was to find the flaws in it. But as he read the word, guess what? Something happened. Something rattled. God changed his life forever. He is now the lover of Jesus and is committed to spreading the good news of the gospel. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! A rattling, come on, somebody. Yeah, hey, a rattling. Saints, we can all turn to the word of God. Yes, 
It's active. It's alive. It imparts new life. It renews hope. Amen. Our story doesn't end there with just simply the word of God rattling bones. There's a second ingredient for new life, for hope. The second ingredient, saints, is the spirit of God. The spirit of God. Go along with me to verses 8 through 10. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, speaking about the bones, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. We're just going to pause right there for a moment. Mm -hmm. There was no breath in them. Pastor, it's one thing to have the bones rattle and then sort themselves. It's another thing to connect them into skeletons and then clothe them with flesh and skin. But at that point, they have simply changed from dead bones to dead bodies. They still had no life. The text said there was no breath in them. Let's go on to verse 9. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. God breathed into the bones. God breathed into the bones. The Hebrew word for breathe and wind are the same word for spirit. God breathed his spirit into the bones and brought them to life. Saints, again, the Spirit of God is that second ingredient. The Spirit of God makes us alive. That same breath that gave life to the bones is the same breath that gives us new life today. The breath of God, the Spirit of God, it gives new life. This was even so in the beginning. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we read, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils, and the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. God gave man his first breath, just as God does with the bones in the desert, and just as God does with us today. He gives us his breath. He gives us his spirit. He makes us alive. That deserves an amen. 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 As I was thinking about that amazing truth about God's spirit. Mm -hmm. Another often used metaphor for God's spirit comes to mind. In scripture, water also represents God's spirit. And I'm reminded of an experience I had in my mother's garden when I was a young kid. My mother loved planting flowers and plants. She had a real green thumb. We may have some green thumbers out there. I, I, was, I was always bad at that, but my mom, was, she was just gifted. And I remember one spring, 
I joined her out in the garden, and I asked if I could plant my own little plant. She instructed me how to do it, and she said, now you have to water this thing regularly. You have to water it regularly. So I planted my little seedling, and I was so proud to see my little plant grow. I was really excited about this little plant. But you know, as kids would be kids, it wasn't long before my attention had gone somewhere else. And I stopped watering the plant. Well, sometime later, I noticed my plant wasn't standing upright like my mom's were. It was leaning, it had withered, and I ran to tell my mom, my plant died. And I remember her saying consolingly, it's not dead. She said, all it needs is a little bit of water. She said, it's the secret ingredient for plants. She got some water and she put it on the plant and said, just give it some time. Well, the next day I came out to see my plant and there it was, standing as tall as it was before. It was alive again. And saints, in the same way, God's spirit is our secret ingredient. His spirit makes us alive. His spirit revives us. His spirit gives us hope. Yeah. Two ingredients. The word of God, spirit of God. They give us hope. They make us alive. And the good news today, saints, is that we have access to both. We have access to the word of God, and we have access to the spirit of God. Access given to us through the cross of Jesus. It was planned that way from the beginning. If you recall John in the first chapter, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And later in that chapter, we read, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Saints, Jesus is the word. Jesus is our hope. While we were still sinners, dry, dead bones, apart from God, Jesus died so that we may live and then have abundant life. And now he dwells within us. He in us and we in him. Can those dry bones really live? Can there be hope in the midst of despair? God alone knows, saints. In your dry bone moment, speak the word of God. Call on the spirit of God. No longer are we a hopeless people. Call on the name of Jesus. He's as near as your own breath. Jesus! 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 The sermon I shared with you a moment of my own life coming out my stove. Hey, that's all right. I shared a moment of my own life when I was without hope. Just, just total desperate, desperate. My, my, my dry bone season. There I was 
in a state of total despair. All I wanted to do was just simply smile again, just to feel joy again. Oh, but God, I'm so thankful for Pivot today. Amen. Pivot is a place where dry bones can live. Dry bones can come alive. Early in the sermon, I talked about just simple obedience, reading the word, brothers. Just simple obedience. Hey! His word can change things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Saints, turning to God's word and calling on God's spirit gives us all abundant and everlasting life. In the name of Jesus. We've all been called to, to live again. To rise up united in Christ. To be that vast army of the Lord. And even right now. Yeah, glory. All you may see is a valley of dry bones. This could be that moment. Called on his name. He's present. Speak his word. Call on his name. He promises to answer. You may have been walking with the Lord for a long time. And you've come to this place of dry bones and something's changed. Perhaps you just need a refreshing. He'll give you that too. Can I invite you to stand to your feet? Thank glory. I just want to pray over us. Eternal God, we've gathered in your presence. And even right now, we declare you as king. The one who moves, the one who even rattles, the one who can bring the dead to life. Lord, there may be one here right now in the midst of a situation that all they see is darkness, despair, and hopelessness. Lord God, we call on your mighty power. We call on your mighty word. We call on your mighty spirit to move. Rattled in this place right now, Lord God. We call on the four winds, oh God, to breathe new life into those situations, Lord God, that they may not be the same right now, Lord God. Lord, take us deeper in our belief. We don't walk in a principle that we have to see to believe. But Lord God, your word declares if we believe, we will see. If there's one today that wants to reopen and step forward and say, here I am, Lord God. I'm under your word right now and I'm under your spirit right now. Renew me afresh. Bring me back to that place where it was all about you. 
that I can remember your goodness and that I can see the brighter days, Lord God. We bless your holy name right now. We come expecting a good report because that's all you are is a good report, Lord God. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.